All right. If you're ready for the word, hold your Bible in your hands. If you didn't bring your Bibles, steal someone's Bible, lift it up, wave it to me. Amen. Wave it to the Lord. Wave it to the devil and make you mad. Say, this is my Bible. I love my Bible. I love the word of God. It is bread of life to me. And today I'm ready to receive the word of God that will change my life forever. In Jesus name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and give them a big smile. Some of you I noticed never smile in church. The Bible says if you want to make friends, be friendly first. Don't wait for someone to smile to you. You smile first. Don't wait for someone to come and say hello to you. You go and be polite first. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to talk about wisdom. And we're going to continue on that series. And today's message is called Jesus, the source of all wisdom. Now we know from last Sunday that wisdom is the principal thing, the main thing, the first thing. That's what the Bible says. Wisdom is the main thing, the principal thing. So when you fall into various trials, ask wisdom from God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. Amen. So wisdom is what we must be asking from God, particularly in our times and in our seasons when things are getting harder to live by in our lands, whether it is economically, whether it's socially, we need the wisdom of God nowadays. Amen. And the Bible says when we have wisdom, wisdom in a left hand has riches and honor and wisdom in a right hand has length of days or long life. And when we take hold of wisdom, the Bible says wisdom is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Amen. So wisdom is the main thing. The first thing. All that we desire cannot compare with wisdom. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So wisdom that comes from God will give us the knowledge to do the right thing at the right time. So that we will know what we ought to do. Like the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times so that they knew what Israel ought to do. Amen. At this time and day in our history as a people and even as an individual believer, I believe we need the wisdom and the understanding of the times so that we know what we should be doing as a people so that we, the church, becomes the light to the world so that we become the head and not the tail. We are the ones leading and not just following the world. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Now, in the last century, and even in this century, there has been an information explosion. Knowledge has increased around the world. For anything that you need to know, you only need to go to the internet on Google, type, and you will see an abundance of knowledge. So knowledge has increased. But surprisingly, the problems of the world have also increased. They have not been solved. People's lives have not necessarily been enriched by knowledge. Man's most basic questions. Who are we? Why are we here? Where do we go from here? What about sin? All of that are still not yet answered. And the world is getting to be a 
darker place to live in. So even though there has been an explosion of knowledge, the wisdom of man cannot deal with these questions and the problem in the heart of man, which is basically sin. Amen. And everything that we see in the world today, the chaos, the disorder, the violence, the injustice, the corruption, is a result of the sin in man. People think that if we educate them, then they will grow out of corruption. But they become a more educated corrupter. Amen. It's like the drug goes, I forget, you know, they found this man who was stealing, you know, little things in a railway track. So they thought if we educate him, he will become an honest man. So they sent him to, you know, college and then for higher studies. And when he came back, instead of stealing all the small little metals in the rail track, he stole the whole railway department. So even though we may have a lot of education, the basic problem lies in the heart of man. And that is sin. And so man's wisdom cannot deal with that. So the best that man can do is to give us rules and regulations. To make laws. To encourage one another with positive messages. With motivation sermons. But that is the best that man can do. So when we talk about wisdom, we're not talking about the wisdom of the world. We want to go to the source of true wisdom. And true wisdom begins with God. Amen. Job chapter 28 verse 28. True wisdom begins with God. Job 28 verse 28. To man he said, this is God. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. The fear of the Lord. To acknowledge that God is God. To have a reverential acknowledgement of God. And to come before Him in worship. Meaning surrendering your life to God. Acknowledging Him as Savior and as Lord. That is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. To depart from evil is understanding. Now turn to Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 to 11. Proverbs 9, 10 to 11. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Amen. So that is wisdom. True wisdom begins when I see God. I acknowledge Him for who He is. I surrender my life to Him. And I receive Him as my Lord and Savior in salvation. That is when wisdom begins. That's why the word the Bible uses for wisdom, chokmah, in the Hebrew, it means skill, shrewdness, insight, intelligence, and prudence. But not only that, it also emphasizes that it is a wisdom that is based on the knowledge of God. Not just practical common sense. Not just people who are worldly wise in the ways of the world, but do not know God. So a lot of people may be very smart 
in the in the ability to communicate the ability to speak in front of people the ability to maybe even start organizations but the bible says the fool has said in his heart there is no god so if they do not acknowledge god there is no wisdom in their lives amen hallelujah so in coming to god and departing from evil wisdom starts and then when we have a relationship with a wise god the bible says in 1st timothy 1:17 that he is the only wise god the only wise god amen in relationship with him we begin to live in a life of wisdom god opens to us the spirit of wisdom in our life now until we understand the difference between the wisdom of man and the wisdom of god fallen man and unrenewed believers even believers christians have a tendency to trust in the wisdom of man self effort trusting in self rather than trusting in god for example they would say you want to serve the lord in ministry be a pastor i know you will starve to death how many of you have heard people say that in a society you know what that is that is the wisdom of the world it is not the wisdom of god amen the wisdom of god says i have never seen the righteous forsaken nor their descendants begging for bread so the wisdom of god says if you serve god he will provide abundantly for you but if you don't believe that you will believe the wisdom of the world and live by that amen So the wisdom of man versus the wisdom of God. Let's look at that. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Wisdom is the principal thing. Verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? What a brilliant question for Faith Harvest Church today. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct. Aha. Wisdom is not in your degrees. Your education. Wisdom is in your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, your life. The fruit of wisdom will be revealed in how you live your life. Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in a meekness of wisdom. Like I said last Sunday, there are people who can write books on how to raise children, but they can't raise their own children. There are people who are educated in colleges that tell you that smoking is injurious to health and they know it, but then they smoke. Right? So that is not wisdom. You may have the knowledge, but not the life. Wisdom is shown in the life, not in the knowledge. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Look at verse 14. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Verse 15. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. This wisdom does not descend from above. So the wisdom of the world, which is self-seeking, self, you know, conscious, competitive, bitter envy, jealous, and with that understanding with that insecurity the way you live your life it's a wisdom that is not from god but it is earthly earthly meaning it is from the world that means it is from men 
Secondly, it is sensual. Sensual meaning not only lust, sensual means of your senses, your senses. Influenced by your senses. What are your senses? Touch, hear, see, feel, taste, smell. Your physical senses rule your wisdom. That is not the wisdom of God. That is a wisdom that is from your senses, from your flesh. Amen. And it is demonic. Demonic means the source is not God. The source is Satan himself. Do you know that there is wisdom on the earth today that is demonic wisdom? And if you believe in it, the, those wisdom will blind your eyes to the wisdom of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4, the Bible says, The God of this age, the God of this earth, the Satan referring to him, has blinded the minds of the people so that they do not believe the gospel. That, that they do not believe the glory of Christ. Amen. The minds have been blinded. How? By the wisdom that is demonic. And you will see in different philosophies like humanism, liberalism, postmodernism. All of that, the source is demonic. Amen. Hallelujah. It blinds the mind of the people to the glory of the gospel of Christ. An example of that is evolution and Darwinism. Now as a science student, if you do not believe in evolution and Darwinism, everyone will make fun of you. But that is the wisdom of the world, which in God's eyes is foolishness. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I'm not saying in your exam, right? Pastor Sean doesn't believe in Darwinism. So I don't believe in evolution also. You'll get zero. You know, if you have to pass for the sake of passing the exam, write what they ask you to write. But in your heart, in your personal faith, we know that evolution has no basis. Amen. We know the truth of God's word. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, there is a difference. If you believe those things, it blinds your mind to the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. Let's go on. James 16. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above, heaven's wisdom, God's wisdom, the wisdom that is from above, is first pure. Amen. Then peaceable. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Hallelujah. Amen. God's wisdom is full of life and it's full of peace. True wisdom is reflected in life. When you have put the wisdom of God in your life, you'll begin to experience peace, good fruits, a blessed life. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and of peace. That's what wisdom says. Amen. See, God has given man the ability 
to study, to analyze, to reason, to develop the physical resources of this earth by using the grace that God has given to them. And all of these things benefit physical life, but that is where man's wisdom ends. Because of sin, man is unable to discern the spiritual dimension. The wisdom of man deals with just the physical, natural, and the soulish dimension, but it cannot analyze the spiritual dimension. He has no power to change his own heart. His wisdom is limited to his physical senses, his own reasoning and intellect. So even though man knows that man is depraved, man is committing sins, man is getting worse, they cannot have solutions to the spiritual dilemma. All that they can do is make more laws and make the laws more harder, more stringent. But they cannot change the heart of man. They have no resources to satisfy the longings of the soul. They know that man is desperate. Man is searching for significance, for satisfaction. And yes, they will create more entertainment. They will create more philosophies to make it seem like man has reached the apex of all creation. And yet, men's hearts are still longing for satisfaction, meaning, purpose, and a solution to the problem of sin. Amen. Hallelujah. So where did man's wisdom come from? That's what we need to establish. Genesis chapter 3. We see this. Man's wisdom. Where did it begin? Genesis chapter 3. Verse 4 onwards. If you understand this difference, it will change the way you live your life. You will begin to see every wisdom in the world today has come from two sources. One is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the second one is the tree of life. And you can choose either one. When God made Adam and Eve, he told them in this garden, you can eat of all the fruit of all the trees except one tree. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, do not eat of it. For on the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. And it's not only the knowledge of evil, it's a knowledge of good and evil. Even the good can lead you to death. So now Eve is tempted by the serpent. And here in verse 4, the serpent says to Eve, you shall not surely die. Next verse. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Knowing good and evil. But God said, no. Don't eat from this tree. Amen. God wanted them to live by a knowledge of God, by knowing God, by being aware of God. Amen. Let's verse. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise. Let me ask you this question. Did God already make them wise? Yes. They were already created in the image of God. I mean, Adam named all the animals. How many animals can you name? Adam named all the animals with the wisdom of God upon him. He was already wise. But that's where the deception of Satan is. To make you think that you are not what you already are. 
。阿门。哈利路亚。So they ate of it. She took of his fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. And the moment they ate of it, they lost the knowledge of God. The Bible says they looked at themselves and they realized that they were naked. Earlier, they were clothed with the glory of God. So they were conscious that they were clothed, but they were clothed with the glory of God. Why? Because the Bible says in Romans chapter three, "For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and forfeited. We have given up the glory of God. Adam and Eve gave up the glory of God when they sinned. So when they sinned, they lost consciousness of the glory of God that was covering them, and they became aware of themselves." Are you following? So the first fruit in their lives, the first manifestation of the knowledge of good and evil is what self-consciousness. Amen. Hallelujah. The wisdom of man comes from the knowledge of good and evil from that tree. It is a knowledge of good. And evil, not only evil, but good and evil without God, apart from God, with no blessing from God, and even that knowledge can kill you. In fact, you can operate in the knowledge of good and evil without God, and you can see this in the rules that people make, the regulations they make, the traditions of men, philosophies in the world, the methods of men, the motivation doctrines of men. All of that is. All focused on self, focused on man. Why? The first manifestation of the knowledge of good and evil was self-focus, self-conscious. If you study every philosophy of man, you will find in the root, in the source, they are dealing with man and man and man. Man is God. So they say, if you will be good, then in your goodness you will get good karma. If you are good in your goodness, you will earn righteousness. So it's all again the strength of men. So the knowledge of good and evil tells you this is good, you do it. This is evil, don't do. This is wrong and this is right. If you do good. Evil can be corrected. If you do evil, the good will be corrupted. That is what the wisdom of man says. But that is not the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God says it is not by doing good. It's by becoming born again. It is not by good works. It is by receiving a new heart in you when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that man can be changed. Amen. If you have only good rules and good traditions, you don't need God. You don't need Jesus Christ. But so many of Christian teaching and Christian practice today is do good works, shun the evil. Do good works, shun the evil. Don't smoke, don't drink, don't take pot, and do good works. These things. So we have preached 
the goodness of man without bringing the tree of life in our preaching. Who is Jesus Christ? Amen. Christianity is not a religion. It's not rules and regulations. Christianity is life in Christ Jesus. Jesus says, I have come so that you may have more rules and more regulations. No, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. Everyone say life. Come on, say it three times. Amen. Life. Life. That is the wisdom of God. It's not good and evil, good and evil. No, the wisdom of God is life. Now the wisdom of man is beneficial to some extent. And yes, because we live in a fallen world where not everyone is believers, we need the wisdom of man in a society that needs to be controlled by rules and laws and regulations. It is beneficial to some extent, but even that wisdom will not solve man's problems. So we know we need the wisdom of God. For example, we know it is good to help the poor. But which poor do we help? Right? Because we know that there are some poor people who lie and cheat. Some poor are not poor. They just pretend to be poor in order to get our money. We know that there are many con artists who come to church. Who say they have a ministry when they don't. Who dress shabbily when they have lots. Because they want to influence your feelings and your emotions. Because we, because we are not renewed. We are so moved by what we see, by what we hear. Sad stories. You know, we see the chapel. We see a hole in the pants. But God doesn't want you to give. Through your emotions. Many of us are emotional givers. And that's why we give wrong. God doesn't want you to give through your emotions. That is wrong. Look at Isaiah 11 verse 3. Which tells us. When the spirit of wisdom comes upon us. God wants us to live. By not what we see with our ears. Not what we hear with our ears, not what we see with our eyes, but by the Spirit of the Lord. He shall not judge by the sight of his eyes. Don't judge by what you see. Because some people will come smiling, they look very humble, they look very polite. Oh, what a blessed brother. He must be a real man of God. And then after that, many people have stories about being hurt. Don't judge by the sight of your eyes, nor decide by the hearing of your ears. Then how do we decide? By the Spirit of God in you. Amen. There was this lady that came to my house once and she came with a sob story. My husband has cancer and I have no money. Secondly, she said, I've recently become a Christian. I was a Hindu and she was a Bengali lady and she was speaking. And then she began to quote scriptures. So I was Impressed by her scriptures, what I heard, I was moved by her sad story, and oh, she's a Hindu, became a Christian. So by my eyes and my ears, I began to judge, and I went up to my room to get the money. When I was going up to the room, something in my heart told me she's lying. Very faint, still perceiving voice within me said, no, this is not the truth. But I was so impressed with my eyes. I was so impressed with my ears. I took the money and I gave it to her. Thinking, ah, I've done something great for God. 
After two or three weeks, I realized they have run away from Kohima all the way to Assam with my money. And not only me, but many other believers were also cheated. But it is good to give to the poor. It is good to give to those who have difficulty in their life. How will you know? This is where believers get cheated. This is where believers, we are not wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Amen. We're like little babies, eat whatever people put into our mouth. Amen. We must live by the wisdom of God. Now in the garden, there was another tree called the tree of life. Amen. Now this tree of life is where God wants us to live from. There's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil which leads to death. So there's one tree that leads to death and there's another tree which leads to life. So the wisdom of God today, God wants us to live in the wisdom that brings life. The life that God is talking about is eternal life, Zoe life, spiritual life, the presence of God within us. And who is this tree of life today? This tree of life today is Jesus Christ and the cross. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. So if you're walking in the wisdom of God, it will lead you to life. But there is a wisdom in the world which leads to death. So we must learn to discern the wisdom of the world and ignore it and walk in the wisdom of God. And the way we are able to make the difference is when we center our life and our thinking on Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. The wisdom of the wise, referring to the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world says, if you do good, you will become good. If you do bad, you will become bad. That's the wisdom of the world. But God says, I will destroy that wisdom by the message of the cross. The message of the cross says, because Jesus did good, I am righteous through his obedience. I am forgiven because of the blood that was shed for me. Amen. I don't become righteous by my works. I become righteous through the gift of righteousness given to me when I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Amen. So God says he will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The wisdom of the world. Where is the wise? So God is saying, who are the wise amongst you? So here God is again making a comparison with the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. God is saying, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Through what? Through what? Through the message of the cross. So the message of the cross is the greatest wisdom. When we live by the message of the cross, which is the message of grace, we are living in the wisdom of God. Amen. 
Say amen na. Amen. Hallelujah. For since in the wisdom of God, in the wisdom of God, see, the world through wisdom, what's the wisdom of the world? Good works. If you do good, you will get good. So we want to do good. So we join everyone who is doing good. He's doing good. Let's do good. He's doing good. Let's join here also. And so we think that if you are doing good, God will bless you. Eh, wrong. I can't do all good that is not for me to do. I have to do what God has called me to do. God's not called me to go to Africa and feed the poor. It's not that I have no heart for it, but that is not what I am called to do. I have to do what God has called me to do, which is primarily preaching the word. But in the world's eyes, this is good, 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 this is good. But in God's eyes, for you, this is not good, this is not good, this is not good, this is not good, this is not good. You have to find out what is good for you from God. How? You have to know Him. Aha! I can see the lights coming on. Amen. You see, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. Through the knowledge of good and evil, the world does not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached. What's the message? The cross to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign. Jews are looking for miracles and signs and wonders. They just want signs, signs, signs. Like what happened to Moses in the wilderness and all that. And the Greeks or the Gentiles seek after wisdom. But the wisdom of the world. So they're looking for logical wisdom, philosophical wisdom, wisdom that makes sense. That's why when Paul was preaching at Athens, at this place called the... I forgot the name of the place where all the philosophers gathered and he was preaching this new doctrine. Everyone was listening to him. But the moment he came to the point of the resurrection of Christ from the dead, they all made fun of him and said, can a man resurrect from the dead? And they kicked him out of that place. So the Greeks seek after wisdom, but the wisdom of the world. And that is why, look at verse 33. We preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, a stumbling block. The word stumbling block means scandal. To the Jews, Jesus is a scandal. Everything about his life is a scandal. His mother is a scandal. His father is a scandal. He was born in a scandal. He is a carpenter, scandalous, a carpenter as a Messiah. And then he is not from the Levi's tribe. How can he be a priest? Scandalous. Moila. No be. To the Jews and to the Greeks, foolishness. Amen. To the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called. To us. Faith Harvest Church. Both Jews and Greeks. Christ is the power of God. And Christ is the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. Amen. Because the foolishness of God. What is the foolishness of God? The message of the cross. That someone who dies for you can really redeem you from sin. That someone who dies on the cross can take your sickness and can take your curses and can take your fear on the cross. The message of the cross is foolishness to the world. Amen. But it is wiser. Than the wisdom of men. 
Hallelujah. So that is the tree of life. This is the tree of life. Jesus and his work on the cross is a tree of life today. That all who take hold of the cross in faith, life comes into them. Amen. So God wants you to live by this wisdom. Who is the source of all wisdom? Jesus Christ. Where is the source of all wisdom? The work of Christ. When I touch Jesus, I touch wisdom. When I live my life under grace, I'm living under the wisdom of God. Amen. But it is foolishness to the world. And that's why it must be revealed to us by the Spirit of God. Now look at Luke chapter 11 verse 49 and Matthew 23 verse 34 and make a comparison between these two. This shows us that Jesus is wisdom. Therefore the wisdom of God also said, and this is Jesus' word and he's talking about himself, I will send them prophets and apostles and some of them they will kill and persecute. Now this is the wisdom of God saying. The wisdom of God saying. Matthew 23. Therefore indeed I send you prophets, wise men and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues. So in Luke, the wisdom of God sends. In Matthew, I send. Are we confused? We should not be. It's the same person. Jesus is saying, I am the wisdom of God. So Jesus is wisdom. Christ is made unto us wisdom from God. Amen. And that is why the fear of the Lord Jesus is the beginning of wisdom. Some people say, eh! So what they mean is, don't pray too much. Don't seek God too much. We need to be wise in the world also so that we can earn. But that is not the wisdom of men. I mean, that's not, not the wisdom of God. In seeking God, God will give us wisdom how to live life. Amen. Martha was worldly wise. When Jesus came, Martha was busy cooking, running around in the kitchen. But Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Right? Mary was doing the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. She was sitting at wisdom feet. And wisdom told her she has chosen the good part. So later on, we see that before Jesus was crucified on the cross, Mary comes with a spikenard of costly perfume, oil, pours it on her, on Jesus' head, and anoints Jesus. And Jesus says that what she has done will be spoken of in time to come, and she has done the right thing. For she anointed Jesus for burial. She did the right thing at the right time. When Jesus died, there were two women that came with oil and spices to go and anoint Jesus and embalm Jesus, but Jesus was not there in the tomb. So they wanted to do the right thing, the good thing, but the wrong time. But Mary did the right thing at the right time. Because she was sitting at the master's feet. Amen. So when we 
Acknowledge Christ as a source of all wisdom. And we seek him. We will walk in the wisdom of God. Look at Solomon, 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 15, I believe. What is the first manifestation of wisdom in Solomon? What is the first manifestation of wisdom in Solomon? Solomon in verse 9 says, Give me an understanding heart. So God says, because you have not asked for gold and silver, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, I will give you gold and silver and riches and honor, and I will also give you wisdom which you asked. Alright? What is the first manifestation of wisdom in Solomon? Then Solomon awoke, and indeed it had been a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Offered up burnt offerings, offered peace offerings, and made feast for all his servants. What does that mean? Well, let me explain to you. Solomon first, when he became king, went to a place called Gibeon. Everyone say Gibeon. Gibeon was the place where the tabernacle of Moses was erected. That was a place where the priests were doing all the ritualistic sacrifices. They were doing the worship of God in a place called Gibeon. But there was a problem there. The Ark of the Covenant, which is the most important article in the tabernacle of Moses, was not there. Because David had taken the Ark and brought it to Jerusalem and erected a tent on Mount Zion called the Tabernacle of David. And now the Ark was not at Gibeon, the Ark was at Jerusalem. Why is the Ark so important, Pastor? Because the Ark represents God in the midst of the people. The Ark is a type of Jesus Christ. So the most holy thing in the tabernacle was the ark. But the ark was not there at Gibeon. And God said, I will dwell among my nation, the Israelites, between the cherubim on the mercy seat in the ark. So even though the worship was going on at Gibeon, there was no ark. It was only tradition going on. The life was somewhere else. Like now this in a lot of churches, tradition is going on, but there's no life. Life isn't somewhere else because God has moved on. So wisdom says, go where there's life. Not where there is tradition. Don't go only by tribe, tribe, tribe. Go where there's life. So, when Solomon asked for wisdom, God gave him wisdom. A hearing heart. He got up and he realized, what am I doing at Gibeon? The ark is not here. It's the first manifestation of wisdom. Go and stand before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Who is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The first manifestation of wisdom was. I am going to go and seek Jesus. May you have that wisdom too. That you will go to a place where Christ is manifested. And not be stuck in a place of tradition. Amen. Hallelujah. How do I source this wisdom? You see wise men. Solomon wise men. He sought Jesus first. Wise men still see Christ. We don't want to be just Christians. We want to be wise Christians. Right? Yes or no? Yes. 
Seek where Christ is lifted up, where Christ is manifested. How do I get this wisdom? All right. First Kings chapter three, verse nine. Solomon's wisdom was a God-given wisdom. It was not a knowledge of good and evil. He says, give to your servant, give. Everyone say give. Give, 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 give means it is received. Give to your servant an understanding heart. The word understanding heart is the Hebrew word shama. Everyone say shama. And the word shama means to hear and obey. Now this in the churches we have hearing and hearing and hearing and criticizing a little bit and hearing again. No. God gave Solomon a shama heart. What is that? Hear, listen, and obey. Hear, listen, and obey. That is what it means. Give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern. That means separate. To discern means separate. The bad rice from the good rice. The bad food from the good food. The good friends from the friends that are not so good for me. The good movies from the bad movies. Amen. Discerning heart. Hallelujah. In Hornbill, the good events and the bad events. Some people just go to Hornbill as just anything. I'm ready for it. No. Discern what is good and what is bad. So God will give you an understanding heart. You see, to discern, to discern means from within in your spirit. The wisdom of the world is the knowledge of good and evil. That means you know, you know, you know from your head. But the wisdom of God is to hear, discern, and obey. Where? From your heart, from your spirit. So we must understand the difference. We're talking about the source of all wisdom. You know from the head, but you discern from your spirit. You know from your head, but you discern from your spirit. So the wisdom of God will flow through your spirit, the flow and the life and the presence of God within you. Amen. There is no book on the earth that says when two women come with one baby, this is what you do. And two women came to Solomon with one baby, disputing about who the right mother is. There's no book on the earth. So how did Solomon make a judgment? He heard and discerned in his heart. He listened and obeyed at that moment. Amen. You want to walk in the wisdom of God? Learn to discern from the Spirit. Look at Luke chapter 5, 17 to 22. Let me show you an example of how Jesus, the wisdom of God, walked in the wisdom of God. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem. That was a big crowd, I believe. Of theologians. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold man brought on the bed a man who was paralyzed. Whom they sought to bring in. And lay before him. 
When they could not find out how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees, and the scribe and the Pharisees is an example of the law. There are people who live by rules and regulations. There are the people in the society who tell people, do this, don't do this. This is wrong, this is right. So they are the ones who keep the law. The wisdom of men is in them. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason. Use the head. Big head. They began to reason. Amen. Look at verse 22. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts. Pharisees reason. Jesus perceive. Pharisees reason. Jesus perceive. Pharisees reason. Jesus perceive. The wisdom of man reasons. The wisdom of God perceives. Aha. And in the Pharisee's life, no miracles, no supernatural, no blessing to anyone. Jesus' life, miracles, supernatural life, a blessing wherever he goes. Which life do you want? Huh? Which life? If you want to live a supernatural life, don't live by your head. Don't live by knowing and reasoning. Learn to live by the Spirit of God within you. Perceiving, in perceiving, we get the wisdom of God. Amen. That's why Solomon asked for Shama. Shama, a hearing and a listening heart to obey. So this wisdom is not something that he went to a school, he read some books and God gave it to him and now he just has all wisdom and knowledge. No, this wisdom was a wisdom that operated as long as Solomon was in relationship with God. But in the later part of his years, Solomon did not have wisdom because his heart was turned away by his wives and he was worshipping idols. And that is why even though he had riches and honors, the left hand, he did not have long life, the right hand. He died when he was 60. Young man. 60 is young, by the way. Amen. So if you are 40, you are younger. Amen. Hallelujah. A hearing and a listening heart to obey is wisdom. And that is why this wisdom is not there for unbelievers. If you are an unbeliever, if you are not born again, you cannot have this wisdom. The wisdom of God. Why? Because you need to be born again. Have the Spirit of God in you. Look at Romans 8 verse 9. The Bible says when you are born again, you have the Spirit of Christ in you. Then only we can walk in the wisdom of God. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Meaning, if you have Christ in you, the Spirit of Christ is in you. The Spirit of Christ. Who is Christ? Christ is wisdom. So the Spirit of wisdom will be in you when you are born again. That is the source of all wisdom. 
Christ, in right relationship with Him, in being close to Him, in leaning on His heart, in leaning into His bosom, the wisdom of God flows out of us, flows into our hearts, and we know the right thing to do at the right time, like Mary. Martha was doing the good thing, but not the right thing. Perhaps there are many Christians who are doing the good thing, but not the right thing. Look at Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 10. This is another account of the same prayer that Solomon prayed for wisdom from God. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what shall I give you? Verse 8. And Solomon said to God, You have shown great mercy to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established, for you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now, give me wisdom. The word wisdom here is chokmah. Prudence. Understanding. Skill. And knowledge. The word knowledge here doesn't mean knowledge like the way we mean the word knowledge today. Read book. Which is the capital of India? Delhi. Capital of Russia, Moscow. That is knowledge. That is not the knowledge here in this word. The word knowledge here is the word mada in Hebrew. Mada. And the word mada means inner consciousness. Inner consciousness. So give me wisdom and inner consciousness. Inner consciousness of what? The spirit of God within. So that you will know by the life of God within you what is the right decision. People come to borrow money from you. Right? How do you know whom you should give? Should you give to everyone who borrows money? But it is good to help those who are in need. It is good. But is it good to help this person? Aha! Uh -huh. How do you know? There are so many people coming and asking you for your hand in marriage. How do you know? Amen. Hallelujah. So you need this inner consciousness, which is the tree, the knowledge of life within you. Not by the knowledge of good and evil, but to live by a consciousness and the presence of God within you. Many ministries ask for money. Many churches ask for money. How do you know which you should give to? Everyone says, it's good to give. But I have only so much money. I have hundreds of churches in Nagaland. Who do I give to? But it's good to give to everyone. No. How do I know? Well, I have to listen to the wisdom of God. Amen. God will show me. In the Old Testament, the way they found out the wisdom of God was through the Urim and the Tumim, which is called the lights and the perfections in Hebrew. And that was in the ephod of the priest. The high priest would wear it. 
And the times when David was attacked by the Philistines and even in Ziklag when all the Amalekites had taken all their wives and the children and all the belongings and they were going towards Egypt and they come and they found everything lost. David inquired of the Lord from the epoch. That is the Urim and the Tumim in the precious stones that the high priest wore. And they inquired of God and God would reply back to them, go and pursue and you will recover everything. Go and pursue the Philistines and you will win. God would reply to them. The ephod was worn on the breasts of the priest. So, in closeness to Jesus Christ, because Jesus is a high priest today. In staying close to Jesus and in knowing that we are loved by God. And in staying in this awareness of his love. We get his guidance. We get his direction in our life. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Have you ever had, had situation in your life where like something was telling me not to go. Something was telling me not to believe in him. I wish I had listened to that something. Ever had that kind of a feeling? Amen. In a relationship. Everything is good on the outside, good looking, good manners. But later on ended up getting hurt and getting cheated. Something was telling me not to trust this person. Something was telling me to pray for you pastor but I got asleep. Something was telling me not to buy this. Something was telling me not to trust. Something was telling me to slow down. And some people testify. So I slowed down and in front of me an accident took place. Right? Have you ever had an experience? It was not something. It was someone. Someone in you. The Spirit of God was giving you that wisdom at that time. Slow down. Don't eat this. Don't buy this. Don't trust this person. Be patient. The people, people in the world will say, it is good to invest in land. But which land? When? What time? We get impatient. We start wanting to invest somewhere. We invest. And then we end up in a loss. Something was telling me I shouldn't have done that. I remember when my wife and I, two weeks back, we had gone to pick up our children from school. My wife wanted to buy squash. And she was going everywhere looking for squash. Wanting to stop everywhere. But I didn't want to stop. Because something in me told me, people will bring squash to your house. Seriously, something in me told me it will come. Now, I'm just using a very light kind of an example, but this is the way it works. And I don't want you to think that only in serious matters like missions, it will work. No, in your day-to-day -day life, God will give you wisdom. So that you will know that it is not only for pastors and apostles that this wisdom is required. In your day-to-day -day life as a housewife, as a student, you can tap into this wisdom of God. Something told me, squash will come. Relax. So I relaxed. I didn't bother to stop. When we came home, there was a, there was a young girl waiting with a bag of squash for us. Amen. I remember another testament wife saying, we're going to eat chicken tonight for dinner. Because in the morning, something told her, not something, someone, that we're going to get chicken. And I was like, okay, we're not going to the market. There's no chicken. But in the afternoon, someone brought chicken. Amen. So, 
That is how God wants to lead and guide you in His wisdom. So many people will come to you with proposals, but how do you know their motives? God will lead you by the peace or the absence of peace within you. Amen. That inner consciousness, by holding on to the tree of life, the wisdom of God will flow. Amen. Hallelujah. Wisdom is a spirit. Turn to Ephesians 1.17. I'm getting to the most important part where I want to reveal to you how it works practically. How this thing comes out practically. Ephesians 1.17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So this is a prayer that Paul is praying for the believers in Ephesus. This is a prayer you can pray for yourself because this is an apostolic prayer. This is a Holy Spirit inspired prayer. And Paul is praying that God may give to you, the believers, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. So, wisdom is revealed by the spirit of God. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. I don't understand why people are opposed to the messages of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit brings wisdom and revelation. Amen. So wisdom is a spirit. Now turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 12 to 13. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Everyone say from God. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. How do we know the things given to us by God? By the Spirit of God. Without the Spirit of God, we will not know. And that's why without the Spirit of God, we don't understand grace. It takes a revelation of the Spirit of God to make you understand the riches of His inheritance in Christ Jesus. That we are righteous in Him. Not the wisdom of worlds. Amen. Look at the next verse. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Not the wisdom of the world, but the wisdom which the Holy Spirit teaches. Amen. Wisdom is a spirit. So the Holy Spirit will teach you wisdom from the word of God. He sent to specifically give us wisdom. The first man filled with the Holy Spirit in the Bible, Bezalel, Exodus chapter 31, verse 3. He was an artisan. He was a workman. He designed the tabernacle of David. The Spirit of the Lord filled him with the spirit of wisdom. Wisdom. Amen. Hallelujah. How does this spirit of wisdom operate in my life, Pastor? How will it operate? Thank you for asking. Let me show that to you. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Amen. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This is the main thing. If you don't get this part, you don't get it. Because this is how it will operate in your life. And I don't want you to think that it is through Pastor Sean's prayer that you'll get wisdom. No. You do this, it will operate in your life. Hear and obey. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law 
shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. That is what God asked Joshua to do. Now look at Deuteronomy 34 verse 9. Just a few verses upwards. And you would think, why would God want him to meditate so much? When in verse 9, the Bible says, Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. Moses had laid hands on Joshua, and Joshua was full of wisdom. So, no need to read Bible anymore. No need to go to church anymore. No need to go to Bible study. Like some Christians. They listen to one or two sermons. No need to go anymore. I feel strong. No need to go anymore. No need to read anymore. He was full of wisdom. After that, God comes to him and says, Now, read the Bible every day. <laughs> right? Joshua 1.8. This is what God commanded him. Meditate in the word day and night. Why? He already is full of wisdom. Ah, see? This is how it operates. The spirit of wisdom operates through the word of God. And that is why many charismatics, even though they are full of the spirit, sometimes do crazy things. Because they don't get into the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Meditate in it day and night. And then when you are meditating on it, God will give you specific wisdom. The word good success, good success is the Hebrew word sakal. Sakal. And sakal means details, details. Hokma means the big picture. Both are words which means wisdom. But Hokma wisdom is the big picture. Sakal wisdom is the details in the process. For example, the big picture is, I have called you my son to be a doctor. I have called you my son to be an evangelist. I have called you this church to go to the nations. Nagaland has been called to take the gospel to the nations. That is the Hokma, the big picture. But how do we do it? We need Sakal. Sakal is the step-by-step process. So even though God gives us the big picture wisdom, we still need the sakal, which is the day-to-day leading and guiding. Amen. And that comes to us when we, in the word of God, as we spend time reading, the spirit of wisdom will speak to us and guide us on a time-by-time, season-by-season process. And Proverbs chapter 8 tells us how this takes place. And we'll close here. There's something the Lord spoke to me about two or three years back. I've never heard anyone preach this. But this is how the Lord will give you sakal, the wisdom that will cause you to succeed in a day-to-day basis. Alright? Proverbs chapter 8 verse 1. Does not wisdom cry out? So, This chapter is talking about wisdom, okay? Look at verse 12. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. So this chapter is talking about wisdom. 
Verse 22. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of all. So wisdom was in the beginning in creation. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Okay, now turn to verse 32. The main thing. Now therefore listen to me, Faith Harvest Church, my children. For blessed are those who keep my ways, Shama, hear and obey. Hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. Hear, have a hearing heart. Blessed is the man who listens to me. Watching daily at my gates. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, The gates is the word of God. The gates is Sunday service when you come and listen to message. The gates is a sermon that you are hearing. The gates is a good book that you are reading. That is the gate. But the gate is not the man. Do you, do you, do you follow it? The gate is not the man. So even though you're watching at the gates, you're not watching the gates because the gates are so beautiful. You're watching the gates because behind the gates, someone will come out. Yes or no? Amen. Waiting at the post of my doors for whoever finds me, not the gate, whoever finds me. So sometimes you may read the Bible and still have no wisdom because you're just watching the gate. You're not finding Christ in the word. Whoever finds me, finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. And as I read this, the Lord gave me a picture, an inner picture like a vision. I saw people sitting outside the minister's house. I'm just using an example, alright? They were just standing outside the minister's house, waiting, sitting about 20, 30 of them. And they were all looking to the door. Because that's the door where the minister will come from. They were all looking to the door. But there was no life in them. Because they were just looking at the door. Get the picture? But the door opened. And when the door opened, the minister came to the room. And when the minister came into the room, every one of them stood up and smiled. To the minister. Why? Because they didn't come to look at the door. <laughs> yes or no? They didn't come to look at the door. They came to wait for him. But they had to look through the, at the door. Because through the door he will come. So when they saw him. They all became alive. In other words they received life. So the Lord spoke to me and said. The gates of wisdom. Is the word of God. When you're listening to a message. When you come to Sunday service. It's the gate. But you don't come to Sunday service. Just because of Sunday service. You don't read the Bible. Just because you read the Bible. You don't listen to a message. Just because it's good. You are paying attention to the gate. Because out of the gate will come Christ. Through the sermon. There will be one point that will speak to you. You will read 20 verses. But one verse will touch your heart. You will be hearing my message. But in everything I've spoken today. Maybe one word touch your heart. What is that? That is the wisdom for you for today. Find that life. In that gate. Don't read the Bible. For the sake of reading the Bible. Out of the Bible as you are reading, Christ will come forth. There will be one verse that will speak to you, that will minister life to you. What is that? That is what you must seek. Because that is the sakal. 
That is the day-to-day life sakal that you need. And some of it may be very, very um, things that are not related to what you may be seeking God for. You may be seeking God for wisdom and understanding. And you're reading the word. The word God just pricks your heart. Walk in forgiveness today. That is a sakal for you today. You just hold on to that and you walk in that wisdom and you walking in that forgiveness today will cause other doors to open up for you what you've been praying for. Are you following? So seek that every day. Wait at the, at the doors, at the gates of wisdom. Spend time in the word. Spend time listening. That is watching the gates, watching the gates. But out of that, something will come out that will speak life to you. And that is the sakal that you hold on to and walk. And sometimes one word that God speaks to you may sustain you for weeks. Sometimes God may speak to you every day a different word. Sometimes for months He may not speak a word. But what He has spoken to you then, you hold on to that and you walk in that. That is a sakal. And that is what will cause you to have good success. That is what will cause you to have riches and honor and length of days. That is the spirit of wisdom. Are you blessed today? Amen. Because when you find that, the Bible says you find life and you obtain favor from the Lord. You obtain favor from the Lord. And that is what Jesus did in his life and ministry. He would spend time with the Father, praying in the wilderness. And when the Father will speak, he will come and he will speak. He only did what he saw the Father do. He only spoke what he heard the Father say. What is that? That is sakal, good success. The wisdom that he received. He walked in it day by day. And he walked in prosperity in his ministry. Hallelujah. Come. Let's come before the Lord again with expectancy in our heart and with faith. And let's ask like Solomon did. Give me an understanding heart. Give me knowledge, inner consciousness. Father, give to me the wisdom that comes from holding on to the tree of life. Let the spirit of wisdom speak to me, O Lord. Because we need it in our lives on a day-to-day basis. In every area of your life, we need to draw closer to the Lord. Lean on to His love for you. Don't try to produce the wisdom. Don't be exasperated, impatient, stressed out. I can't get the wisdom. I can't. No, no. Just lean into Christ. Just lean back in your chair right now. And just imagine you're leaning back into Christ. You're leaning back into His breasts. Into His chest. You're leaning into His love for you right now. And let the love of Jesus for you fill your heart and mind right now. He loves you with a never-ending love. He loves you demonstrated on the cross. He loves you today. And before the throne of God above, you have a strong and a perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love. Whoever lives on your behalf. Your name is graven on his hands. Your name is written in his heart. 
And in heaven, when Jesus stands, no tongue can condemn you. He is your pure and spotless righteousness. He is the sinless Savior who died for us so that our sinful soul is counted free. And the Father looks on Jesus and pardons us. He doesn't look at our good works and pardon us. He looks on Jesus to pardon us. And because Jesus will always be at the right hand of the Father, we are always pardoned for eternity. Now right now, stretch your heart in faith and ask the Lord, Lord, fill me with a spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding. Come on, everyone, I want you to pray right now. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700-568-4533 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.